Alchemy is an ancient practice associated with science, chemistry, physics, astronomy, astrology, art, symbology, methodology, medicine, and philosophical analysis. And despite that these sciences were not exercised in a scientific way as known today, alchemy is the origin of modern logic. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, dear listeners, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and welcome to another episode of the Alchemy of Truth with your host Nasser al-Khatib. Um, this will be my last show for the next month because I'll be traveling overseas inshallah, uh, but while I'm overseas I'll be recording uh, different uh, interviews inshallah and meetings with very interesting people in the Middle East, uh, so uh, look out for those. As for now, uh, we have a very special guest who is going to tell us a little bit about a very special conference which is coming up uh, in the next couple of days um, on the actually the 9th of February so that's uh, next Saturday inshallah not tomorrow but the day after so our guest is uh, brother Mohammed Ozelp is it doctor or inshallah soon inshallah soon <laughs> okay so brother doctor inshallah soon Mohammed Ozelp uh, how are you brother thank you very much thanks for having me brother Nasser it's my pleasure so uh, brother Mehmet is uh, the president of ISRA, and uh, I think you told me you were doing your PhD on uh, the concept of Tawheed according to say, uh, Nurdin Nursi. Said Nursi's Said Nursi. writings, theological writings. Is it Nurdin? Nursi. Ah, yeah. Said Nursi. Said Nursi, yes. So uh, that's also very interesting. I'm waiting for you to finish it so I can yeah. also give you another Thank interview you. about that. Uh, and the conference, which is uh, is a very exciting conference because it brings scholars and thinkers from around the Muslim world. It's called the Hira Conference, or in Arabic, Mu'tamar uh, Hira. And um, the topic of the conference is going to be the way of the Prophet from an ideal human to an ideal society. Uh, so just in the beginning, we're going to give a few information uh, for brothers uh, or sisters who are interested in, um, in the information. A venue is uh, the Novotel Paramara. Address 350 Church Street, Parramatta, Sydney. Date is uh, next Saturday, the 9th of February 2013. And the time is 1.30 p.m. to 6 p.m. inshallah. And the cost is $10 per person. So, um, to the uninitiated amongst us, um, what is uh, Hira? It's a, uh, I gather it's a magazine or a newspaper that... Uh, it's a magazine. It's a magazine, yes. yeah. The Hira magazine is a, a magazine that's published in Arabic. Mm-hmm. It has an um, office in Istanbul and Egypt. Uh, it is a publication by a Turkish organization yep. in Arabic. So that's an interesting uh, combination. Very interesting. Uh, it is actually a hand of dialogue across the Muslim world from mm. the Tur- Turkey or the Turkish Muslims okay. uh, to the Arab-speaking world. You know, As you know, for the last 200 years especially in the last 100 years or so, uh, the dialogue between Turks and Arabs in particular, if not all Muslims, have been severed by in the post-colonial world, uh, in, in the era of nation-states. You know, there has been very little collaboration, cooperation between Muslims in different countries. It's only coming out in the in last 10 years or so which Hira magazine itself existed. Um, but it is also, uh, Hira magazine is, a, is, as I said, it's dialogue uh, where uh, you know, Turks learn from Arab scholars. Uh, most of the writers are well-known names from the Arabic, uh, Arab-speaking Muslim world. Um, but also uh, Muslim think- uh, Turkish thinkers like uh, Fatullah Gulen and, and others mm. Nevzat Sawash, who is coming as well, he's yeah. the editor-in-chief. We'll be, we'll be uh, speaking about the speakers right. as well, inshallah. Uh, uh, well, can I ask you about the funding as well? Who is it government-funded or is it... Uh, no, it is a, uh, just like any other publication. It's a, uh, run by a company mm. uh, and it sells, so mm-hmm. it's, uh, it gets subscriptions. And it does well, actually. I've I yeah. heard that there's about 70,000 circulation. That's Mashallah, not Mashallah. bad for a magazine. And, and this circulation, yeah. is, is it mostly in the Arab world or is it in for Arabs in Turkey? It's all in the Arab world. Mm, all the Arab world. It exists in just about all Arabic-speaking Muslim countries. Yeah. Okay. And what about its orientation, uh, its Islamic orientation? What does it uh, subscribe most to? 
the orientation is the what we would say mainstream Islam, the mm-hmm. Sunni uh, tradition. Uh, but I think the the main difference, perhaps, with others is that it seeks to synthesize between contemporary knowledge and classical Arab Islamic disciplines. It seeks to find a, a balance between akal and nakal, you know, mm-hmm. the reason and tradition and revelation. Um, uh, you know, it is a kind of, there are articles in it that we would say purely Islamic disciplines. There are scientific articles in there but from an Islamic perspective. So it seeks to uh, blur these lines that seems to exist between religion and science, you know, contemporary world and traditional scientific mm-hmm. disciplines. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually bring Islam into the modern world, how we should think as Muslims in our time. So yep. it's a, uh, it is a magazine uh, uh, that builds a contemporary Islamic thought mm. uh, foremost. How long has it been uh, publishing? It's uh, only in the last ten years. Only in the last ten years. Yeah. Okay, so it's it's actually in the last ten years that it's had seventy thousand publications. It must be finding uh, a lot of people who like what it says. That's right. It's uh, mm. it's very well uh, when you read it. A lot of people when they read it, they can't give it up. When the subscribers, uh, and, you know, they they like following it. Uh, and I I know that there is actually similar magazines existing, English Fountain magazine in Turkish. There's another version. Yeah. And I've subscribed to the Turkish version for 20 years. Oh, mashallah. And, uh, and you learn so, okay. so I've learned so much. Yeah. Uh, the, the topics are diverse. As I said, the things that um, we are concerned about, the, the questions that we ask about uh, religion, sometimes doubts are clarified. Um, so it builds uh, a new a worldview, mm. a new contemporary Islamic worldview, or helps develop that. Uh, and something that uh, I think uh, which is especially relevant for our time is the non-political and non-violent. You know, Hira magazine, or it stands for non-political and non-violent solutions in, the, in, in our world, in the Muslim world. Uh, we have, unfortunately, suffered a lot from violence. You know, uh, it's a very easy path to get into in um, when Muslims are oppressed, you know, the response could be sometimes violent uh, as well. Uh, or inevitably, uh, Muslim organizations or movements get involved in politics. Um, while that's the reality, what would a non-political and non-violent thought look like? And, uh, and this magazine stands for that. Uh, because ultimately, religion or Islam is about how we define ourselves as human beings and how we see our relationship between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with other human beings and with our natural environment while we live in this world that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent us. Mm. Uh, these are the immutable aspects of religion uh, that are perhaps we would say 97% of what makes Islam. And... Uh, so by staying away from these uh, political and violent aspects, we are able to discover or orient a 97% of Islam in, in modern life. Um, I think it is important to have a uh, publication or a stream of thinking that's unhindered or uninfluenced by uh, the pressures from outside. Mm. But does that mean that it loses... Um, perspective I mean for example when we look at um, how our enemies uh, and when I say enemies I don't mean the black and white people who want to kill us but I mean people who want our wealth Mm. or want what we have or want to control us and so Mm. use violence in in different ways against us does this reality not I mean ignoring this reality that that sometimes uh, Mm. the use of violence is not an emotional reaction but it's it's mm. a logical reaction that this is the only course of auction of of action to take so does mm. ignoring this reality um change the perspective of, of thinking of that magazine no it's not ig- ignoring it it's 
It's a question of where do you start mm. to build something that's been destroyed mm. for the last 200 years or so. You, mm. know? You, you know, if you have a building that collapsed all the way down, mm. what do you do? You first remove the rubble and then lay new foundations. So this is about laying new foundations of thought, uh, a, a holistic look at life and existence as Islam teaches in now, but it's now. Um, so in, in this uh, respect, uh, you, you're building foundations, you're not avoiding these o- other mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. but upon those foundations, you, ne- you can build something solid, a whole new civilization um, that the, the world uh, is waiting, really. You mm-hmm. know, we could s- I would argue that uh, and the world is hungry for an Islamic solution to its problems. Um, but the road to the, those solutions, as the title of the conference suggests, yeah. does not come from you know politics or violence. It comes from an ideal human being. Because ultimately, uh, this is what the Prophet, peace be upon him, have shown us. You know, the first revelations about reading, mm. ikra, you know, mm. in reading in the name of God. So we have to read life uh, as we know, as we see it today, the environment, the universe, in the name of God. And when we do that, what kind of a worldview do we achieve, do we see, mm-hmm. do we produce? And then upon that, we build the, you know, we're using the sunnah of the Prophet, or as we said, yes, the way it. of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then you can do, you know, if the theology or thought lays the foundations, the way of the Prophet is the practical aspect of building that new building civilization we're mm. talking about. And uh, and, um, and we we'll look at our Prophet Sallallahu yes, in an it. atomized way, in, or the Sunnah in an atomized fashion sometimes, you know, what he did in certain scenarios and circumstances. But in its totality, what was the way of the Prophet like? You know. Um, so his underlying uh, philosophy. Exactly. The the wh- what was it like? What mm. what kind of a? How did he build an individual, and how did he build a uh, society? Okay. You know? um, so that takes us, I guess, to the uh, to the conference. Um, before we talk about the theme of the conference, which is something I'm very keen to talk about, I'd like to ask you first about the conference itself. Uh, so has it been running for a long time? I'm guessing not more than 10 years, uh, obviously. No, uh, the first one we had was in 2010. This yep. is the second okay. Hira conference. What was the, What is the connection between Australia and Turkey? Why is there a decision to have it in Sydney? Sydney well, we Rome. had the opportunity. Uh, we had a link with Hira magazine mm. and... Uh, uh, they have offered us to partner with a conference uh, in Sydney uh, to promote these ideas that I've just talked about mm-hmm. and the magazine itself, you know. Um, so basically the idea is to bring s- uh, some scholars from the Arab-speaking world, Turkey, um, and they come here and discuss a, a topic. and uh, And with that we bring together Turkish and Arab-speaking Muslims. Mm. Um, and I think this is unique. It's a unique project uh, in itself. You know, we talk a lot about interfaith dialogue, but we don't talk too much about intra-faith dialogue, as in uh, the various elements that make up the Muslim community. You know, in Australia is a, is a microcosm of the Muslim world, you know, we have representation from just about everywhere across the Muslim world. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, when something develops in the in the world, something like Hiram Magazine, I think it's good for people to find out about it. Definitely. What yes. it's trying to do and see if some of that spirit could be replicated in, uh, in Australia. And in, I remember in 2010 when we've done it the first time, there was this really positive atmosphere mm. uh, developed as a result of that con- mm-hmm. conference uh, uh, a very positive spirit uh, mm. of finding each other sometimes you know uh, mm. you know people 
uh, unfortunately, we sometimes Turks may think may have a very negative image of Arabs, and Arabs may have a negative image of Turks. Uh, we need to transcend these things and mm-hmm. Inshallah, uh, of course. move beyond. Um, so then, let's let's talk about the the theme, uh, the way of the Prophet from an ideal human to an ideal society. Um, so, from this, I understand that this. Uh, is more than just an individual issue. It's not just about the Prophet, but it's also about an uh, the wider society. So when we're talking about the wider society, I mean, we cannot but address politics as well. Because the fact is, if the ideal society is to come into being, it must yeah. come into being within the right conditions. And so the right conditions have to be that, for example, they have um, there, there is no injustice where they are in regards to their financial position, for example, mm-hmm. in regards to their political and, and cultural freedoms, things mm-hmm. like that. But if, for example, in a society or in a state somewhere, there is that sort of oppression where people uh, are kept hungry so that the, the establishment is happy or people, uh, a country is invaded or anything, any such scenario mm-hmm. like that, how realistic is it? to work towards this ideal society through going from the ideal human? Well, um, our, fir- our firmest role, duty, is to educate people. Yes. That's number one. Yes. So without individuals who are educated, you can't do anything. Like even if you get political power, you know, it will be, uh, the country will be run by lots of pious but ignorant people who could become tyrants in themselves. And we have seen that happen we've before. Seen, we've seen that happen. Yes. So education is utmost. Uh, again, we see this in the way of the Prophet ﷺ, where he has educated very strong leaders uh, out of the Sahaba in Mecca, hmm. you know, who later moved to Medina. And Medina is a period where Islam... It, in its teachings become a civil society. And this is the second step. You know, upon a good education or good individuals, and I don't mean here that the whole society should become university graduates, you know, mm-hmm. but the elite in society mm. who run and influence society, the top 2% of people uh, should be should have proper education, and that's religious plus other types of education. Mm. Um, And then these people uh, become activists to build civil society where uh, important principles, teachings and ideals of Islam become become practiced or realized within life itself. You know, the the thing is the the fallacy or trap of going to the politics first as it happens with some movements, is that you end up ignoring these other two, Mm. education and civil society. And when you find yourself in power by a revolution or something, and I'm not referring to, you know, know, Arab Springs here, uh, a kind of an Islamic revolution like it happened in Iran or Mm. Taliban, then you you, you have to run a country... uh, with whom you know you need m- yeah. millions of people yeah. uh, who are skilled to run these countries. You might even, we might even say that this is what's happening in with after Arab Springs. Uh, this is very you know. interesting that you yeah, say this so because if you're talking here about three different scenarios, which is uh, Afghanistan, Iran, and uh, Egypt. So in mm. Afghanistan, it was not meant to be a, a uh, prepared or an organized uprising, and what happened is a bunch of students who were quite conservative and they caused a lot of uh, oppression. In Iran as well, it was a much more educated um, but theological uh, state. And that also caused a lot of problems because um, according to many understandings, according to my understanding, a Islamic state is not a theological state. Mm. And then you have the Arab Spring in which the Muslim Brotherhood gained power. And until now, this is a, a social experiment that's yet to, to uh, show fruits of either failure or success. So it's very That's interesting. Right. That's right. And I believe the, the key success w- sh- will be or should be that, uh, you know, I, I believe Muslims, 
you know, religious Muslims should be involved in politics. Mm. Some people, you, know, you don't want to leave that to yes, <laughs> non-religious, non-practicing people out there. But the politicians should not uh, also try to represent religion as well. Mm. Mm. They're fulfilling a different role, and mm. the role is to serve the country, to develop it, you know, achieve justice, provide economic prosperity. This is hard work, and it requires deliberate effort uh, by good people, good and honest people who are not corrupt, you know, who can... Um, but at the same time, uh, the religious people, those who represent religion, should not pretend to mm. represent politics as well. So, you know, I'm not here talking about uh, secularism, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm talking about a kind of separation of people who do different roles. Mm -hmm. And they don't try to get involved into each yeah, other's... Yeah each other's work there's a very interesting yeah. similar opinion uh, this is a um, post on Facebook by Tariq al-Suwidan uh, from Kuwait uh, he mentions I'll read it in Arabic first إذا فشل الإسلاميون في السياسة فلا يلام الإسلام نفسه فالإسلاميون بشر تتنوع قدراتهم وعقولهم وكفاءاتهم وخبراتهم وحتى مستوى فهمهم للإسلام نفسه so if the Islamists uh, fail in politics this is not to be seen as a fault of Islam itself Islamists um, are also human beings, their abilities, uh, their mentalities, uh, their skills uh, and experiences are very different and, and varied and even their understanding of Islam is, is in different diverse levels. So this is exactly what yeah. we're talking about. Well, for well. that reason, just uh, the thing is people will inevitably, if, you, if the politicians say they represent religion, they will link Islam to mm -hmm. their failures and mistakes. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, that's unavoidable. So they, then they must not attempt to represent. I think this is, has been the success of politics in Turkey. You mm. know, they've been able to do that with Tayyip Erdogan, mm -hmm. who is a very religious person, and as his party is all religious people, but they don't pretend to you know represent religion. Mm. I think that's been a key differentiating factor in the last 10 years. Mm. And that that is really the model that has to be replicated mm -hmm. across the Muslim world. Not exactly, you know, how Turkey is, or mm. but that aspect has been very key yeah. to the last 30 years since Iranian revolution. Yeah. Everyone's trying to achieve an Islamic state, but mm. it's not working. It's not happening. A lot of uh, Lord Kroma, the governor of Egypt, mm. he said, look, we'll do... As soon as possible, we'll get out of our colonies. We're happy to hand it over, but we will never allow an Islamic state. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is people don't want it, and they'll violently oppose it. Mm -hmm. um, again, uh, you know, here uh, the the key thing here with the conference and here a magazine, or the approach here is build a civil society where Islam is visible in life. As institutions, as an as individuals, and then society will produce its own solutions, mm -hmm. political solutions. You know, you so don't have to impose yeah. uh, a political model yeah. uh, and call it Islamic, mm -hmm. and then it becomes another socialist something. Yeah. You know. This is reminiscent of uh, Erdogan's uh, speech in Egypt that he gave, uh, clarifying his position that. You can have a secular rule by practicing Muslims with Islamic principles, but not call it Islamic rule. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so that's a lot of people misunderstood it as, as you know, it wanting the rule of the kuffar or something like that. Yeah. And this this actually would clash into a lot of, uh, actually not a lot. I mean, it's a small minority, politically speaking, but of the th uh, ideas and thoughts of Hizb tahrir of looking at the Khilafah as a model that's unbreakable and that's part of the Quran. But that's a completely different issue. And that's something that we should we, we always actually generally address. Yeah. Uh, but this is this is, again, is very interesting because yeah. of its success. I mean, economically, um, Turkey and Istanbul has uh, is been doing quite well um, since you know the the time that uh, AK party came to power. Mm. What is it, nineties? Mid nineties, late nineties. They came in two thousand and one. Two thousand one, yeah. Uh, there was a previous nineteen ninety five, mm. but that was the old thinking. Mm. We're going to bring Sharia to Turkey and. Mm -mm. They only lasted one year. That was Erbakan? Erbakan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Erdogan later on with Abdullah Gül, mm. 
they sort of have a rethink and they change their approach and thinking. Mm. And the first election they come to power, and they've been in power since 2001, uh, with in every election increasing their vote. <laughs> you know? And it seems yeah. like it's they're not going to lose any elections. There's no alternative. Yeah. And this is the important thing, because if a good model can be developed, uh, Muslims will always prefer mm. you know, an honest, mm. religious politicians. Um, who, but but who are not imposing things on them, you know, mm-hmm. by uh, do the opposite of what dictators have mm-hmm. done, but from a religious, <laughs> you know, police yeah, or something. It makes it difficult uh, as well. Because exactly. Uh, Th- there's no difference between you forcing women to open their hair yeah. and you forcing women to cover their hair. Yeah. Like the the mentality approach is the same, yeah, yeah. and it will generate the same reaction from people of hatred and. Uh, it just goes against human nature, mm-hmm. you know, especially in this day and age, in this world. So I think, uh, uh, so this is where uh, it, it was, but all of this, like, I think Turkey's success uh, is not just, should not just be attributed to Erdogan and his party. Of course, they've done great work. But for inst- uh, but it's the thinking or producing an educated elite that made all the difference. Mm. They were they're the ones who transformed everything mm-hmm. and and are continuing to transform it and this is where uh, Imam Fetullah Gulen comes because you know his emphasis from even 1960s, 70s was about um, you know building a golden generation of uh, educated Muslims who would then transform society and then transform life. In general, there is a principle yeah. called the 80-20 principle or the Pareto principle, yeah. which basically, um, you know, it's uh, theorizes that uh, in in most cases it's 20% of the people. Like if you have a job or a project or something, it's always 20% of the people who do 80% of the work, mm. and these this seems to be quite prevalent amongst many other um, you know models of uh, or dynamics in which there is mm. a lot of people working there's always 20% of people there is a minority of the people doing the majority of the work yeah. um, so and this falls perfectly with yeah. with what you're saying as well I would say it's 2% and what we had for the last 100 or 150 years is that uh, the Muslim countries were run by people who were educated in schools that were established by missionaries or mm. colonizers, you know, and this is a very small minority. And then these have a a kind of a, a minority social segment that would be roughly 20%. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is very funny, actually. It's because in Turkey, when they run polls about issues, there's always an 80% <laughs> and then there's 20% <laughs> who are against religion yeah, yeah. or against religious things. Mm. But this also shows that uh, I think this this would be the same in Egypt, in Lebanon, elsewhere. Mm. You know, we, we will never have 100% mm. religious societies anymore in this day and age. Mm-hmm. So we gotta we need to accept a difference, you know, pe- accept people in their own frame of reference. And let them live whatever life they want to live, as long as they're not harming uh, mm-hmm. others. Uh, and in this way, at least we can have minimum level of relations in a society, and not trying to uh, fight each other and yeah. bring each other down, mm-hmm. uh, which has been plaguing the Muslim world. Inshallah, uh, this creates uh, a change. Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the the guests that we have. So first, we have Professor Muhammad Al Sharqawi, which is the director of Faculty of Dar al Ulum, Cairo University. So, um, what will um, Professor Mohammed speak about, or what's his? Um, I guess um, uh, I'm. I don't have the topics with me at the moment, mm. but they they will approach the topic from mm. different angles, yeah. uh, and we got one scholar, Mohammed Sharkawi from Egypt, mm. at Cairo University. So he's actually in Arabic. It says Islamic philosophy and religious uh, comparative, um, comparative religion. Religion, yeah. Uh, I think the thing w- about all these three scholars, three mm. Arab scholars, mm. is that they've been work- writing uh, in Hira magazine, mm. and also they've been involved in various other programs mm. 
of dialogue between Turkey and Arab world. Mm. You know, there's. Do they Muhammad, speak Turkish? Muhammad Babami. Uh, I don't know. They don't speak Turkish. Mm. Muhammad Babami from uh, Algeria, and Samir Boudinar from mm. Morocco. So uh, yeah. Samir Boudinar, Dr. Samir Boudinar, is director of the uh, the Center for Islamic Studies. No, wait, for the Center for Stu- um, Humanist what humanitarian humanistic and social research and study in Morocco, mm-hmm. and uh, Dr. Muhammad uh, Baba Ami. That's a strange name. Oh yeah, from Algeria. Okay, that's why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> director. <laughs> Of uh, Al Manahij Institute in Algeria. Yeah. Um, what about uh, the other two? Uh, Dr. Nevzat Sawash. Nevzat Sawash. He, he's the editor in chief of Hira magazine. Mm-hmm. And there's also Mustafa Özcan. Mustafa Özcan is, was formerly, or he's the re- vice chancellor of the Fatih University, which is mm-hmm. uh, actually in Turkey. It's a it's a private university. And it's the first non-state university that has a you know, Islamic studies faculty. Ah, mashallah. Uh, which is a major change. Like it is. I'm actually just trying to count the, the the years to see when they allowed them to do that. Very recently, and uh, ah, but from 1931, mm. where they had this so-called Tawheed Tedrisat, you know, Mm-mm. unity of, of education, state, yeah, education uh, yeah. uh, which meant that. Everything was state controlled, and uh, including religious education, and no one else could provide that. So it's there's major changes are happening in Turkey in that respect, Mashallah, and Fatih University is leading that, mm. um, and uh, and he was involved, Mustafa Özcan, with that, and and now he's also uh, working with um, this dialogue between Turkey and Muslim countries mm. very actively, okay, and he excellent. leads. A group of s- Turkish scholars, hmm. uh, so so he's quite influential within religious movements in Turkey. Mashallah. Hmm. Um, what do you think, or what do you expect to be the outcome of the conference? Is there going to be some sort of a research paper, or a journal of some sort? Well, uh, hopefully, uh, we can publish the speeches on our website. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more about coming there, listening to the scholars, and then we do follow up things. I think the relationships that we build around this conference will be key uh, in the way we continue Muslim community in Australia. Mm. Because Muslim community, we are becoming more aware of each other's existence. You know, pr- prior to 2000, it was mainly ethnic communities, mosques. But now we're seeing mm. education. Uh, we had dialogue organizations like Affinity Intercultural Foundation, which I was involved in. Mm. Uh, but now ISRA, Islamic education, higher level of learning. I think this decade will be marked by this type, a very strong development of local course education in uh, right here in Australia. And we need these conferences will become like seeds to uh, to produce some really good collab- collaborations, I, I'm hoping, um, as a result of this. And, and going beyond 2020, who knows what will happen mm-hmm. uh, until then. But I, I personally, in my, um, the way I see it, uh, I feel 2020s will be dramatically different for Muslims. Inshallah. Uh, hopefully, we will. Egypt will become like uh, different to the problems it's having now. Mm. You know, there will be great greater collaboration, and the Muslims will come to a respectable position in the world. Inshallah. And you know, and I think that's linked to Australia because when that happens in the world it will have uh, repercussions, positive repercussions mm. here in Australia. And by then, we'll be about one million Muslims you know, in this Mashallah. country, yeah. which is which have l- really learned skills and knowledge yeah. in all this post-9-11 world. And, um, and, and we can do a lot of good work in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people can find out about Islam and Muslims 
in sure. a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to take a little bit break now uh, and we'll be back just after this uh, nasheed, which is a chill's nasheed I quite enjoy. That nasheed was called Muhammad Nabina by Hamada Hilal. So it's an Egyptian nasheed. It's a um, very good nasheed. Uh, so now we're back with uh, Brother Mohammed Ozalp, President of ISRA, discussing the upcoming 
uh, Hira conference, um, which will be on the 9th of November, inshallah, at um, Paramount Hotel. Paramount? Mercury Hotel Sorry. in Paramount. Mercury Hotel in Paramount. Yes, it's exactly 350 like. Church Street. 350 Church Street and $10, not 10 Church Street and $350. <laughs> inshallah. <laughs> Uh, so, inshallah, we come um, to this question, which is really the most important question for Australian Muslims. If somebody comes to me and says, look, we need to build a mosque in Auburn, let's collect money, I would say, no, I will not give money for this mosque because there's already three mosques. We quite have a lot of mosques. And so I think we are right now in the Muslim community are at a stage where we invest in what we need. So a conference like this, I'm guessing, is costing a lot of money to bring in such, uh, you know, um, high quality speakers to come in. What is the expected, what is the uh, contribution to the Muslim community in context of its, uh, you know, existence here as a Muslim community yeah. by this conference? Well, in Muslims in Australia, we need a number of things. Uh, we, we fall behind in the rest of the Muslim world in its development um, in a number of ways. But sometimes, because of internet, and uh, we read a lot from there, but the concepts are reduced. Like, for example, when we say sunnah, mm. it's reduced to uh, dressing or some external uh, visibility of sunnah. Um, because we all want to do what our Prophet ﷺ, <laughs> one, uh, his sunnah uh, is. But what is it really? You know, what what... How would, if we can identify the way of the Prophet as, it, as he displayed during his lifetime and project that to our time, what would it look like? Mm. And uh, I think this is the main question we need to ask because ultimately Islam is not about living in an ideal past or a glory of uh, Islamic civilization, Abbasids or Ottomans. It's about... Uh, what Islam can give us now, here and now. Mm. So, in a way, making, creating an Islamic modernity. And with modernity, I mean uh, modern life with all of its institutions. Uh, this is from your book, Islam and Modernity? <laughs> sort of. Yes. So, Brother it, Mehmet it, it, also wrote a book called Islam and Modernity, which Islam I've read. Islam between tradition and between modernity. Between tradition and modernity, which yeah. I've read, and I, I can vouch for its uh, excellence. Thank you for contributing uh, um, So I think we need to talk about these things in a very sophisticated way, and I, I hope that we're hoping that this conference would bring that out, mm. and these scholars could contribute from their experience uh, and expertise uh, in the way that we should think. But more, uh, as I mentioned, it's not just about the concepts. Practical. It's also the attitudes, you know, mm. the attitude of willingness to work together, attitude of accepting each other, like as Muslims, sort of Arab Muslims, Turkish Muslims, not l looking judgmental. Mm -hmm. to because this has been the disease in our world. You know, we've been fragmented to nth degree. You know, uh, not only our geographies have been split. Even people from the same race, same ethnic, have been split into different countries. But you also have these secularists, you know, religious people, or traditionalists, modernists, you know, all these divisions that occurred within a given society. You can't, you know, take Islam to 300, 500 years into the future with this kind of foundations and you can't mm. this is our job our duty is to practice islam in our lives in society and pass it to the future generations through education and showing a good example mm -hmm. it's not just education the books are there they don't, they don't have to um, but people can study books written 500 years ago but how will you pass the representation mm. that has to be by people to people Mm -hmm. And that comes in these attitudes, behaviors, which is ultimately the, the nine, perhaps a majority of the sunnah is about behaviors and attitudes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about, like you don't see our Prophet ﷺ giving a very complex philosophical lesson to the sahaba, mm. you know. He could have, but not, 
But that's not the mm-hmm. idea. The idea is, uh, you know, showing very sophisticated uh, ways of... Like, I've seen, for example, let's say, like, we come from a civilization that built this concept of zakat box outside of a mosque. Mm. And the idea was, if you wanted to give your zakat, you put it in this box. If you wanted to take zakat, needed zakat, you went and took it from as much as you needed from this box. It's in public. Mm-hmm. If you do that now, what hap- What will happen to it? People will steal the zakat Ex- box. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No one's going to put money in there. Yeah. What does this show us about this society that was built and developed? It's highly trusting, honest people, right? Mm. So so this is what we're going to do in our mm. time as well. Uh, and just, that's just one little mm. snippet of example of what we have lost. Mm. Um, and I'm, uh, we're hoping that you know this conference would bring uh, not only a, a good description of a way of the Prophet, as in yes, Sunnah, yes, but yes. also to talk about how that was represented by the Prophet ﷺ, then Sahaba and other p- previous generations, and, and how can we do represent that in our own lives and in the communities mm-hmm. in which we live in. Um, you're talking about bringing the Muslim community together around this common understanding. Um, but as we know, specifically in Sydney, because in Melbourne we also have different groupings, but in Sydney it just seems to be way overboard. That, for example, we have um, you know different ideologies, different organizations. Uh, Mission of Hope, for example, uh, Mercy Mission, um, Affinity. Um, you have different mosques that have their own sort of, you know, uh, aqi, not aqi, the, the different sort of uh, school of thought, etc. Uh, so how? Why do you think the appeal of this conference is? Do you think it will um, appeal and pull in people from different diversity of Muslim communities, or do you think it's just at one or two uh, communities? I mean, specific, mm. specifically because it has Arab and Turkish-speaking uh, people, mm. so it will not bring Indonesians or Indians, for example, or people who don't speak Arabic or Turkish. Well, we invited everybody because mm. we we invited all organizations, you know, in our goodwill. Uh, and we've advertised as widely as possible without necessarily neglecting anybody. Mm. Um, and the last conference in 2005, we had standing room Mashallah. seating, you know, it That's was to capacity. And this particular hall has 500 people seating capacity. And, and I believe it will be full. Inshallah. Because the message is really good, like the the hira, the word mm. hira is just attractive in itself. Mm. This is from Ghar Hara. Uh, yeah. So the right. the cave where the Prophet received the revelation. Exactly, and that's Mashallah. that's the beginning of Islamic civilization as mm. we know it. Mm. So the way of the Prophet. It's a very uh, important topic. Mm. Uh, very excellent speakers. Mm. So we we invite everybody who are listening today to come and uh, be part of this. And then, inshallah, they will, I'm sure they will enjoy it and, and walk away with hope. And at the end of the day, uh, this is what we need. You know, people, yes, we have different organizations, different way of thinking. But uh, even that, uh, we should see it as richness. You know, some people say, come and say to me, look, there's a, another organization who's also just popped up running Islamic courses, copying Israel. I said, excellent. Yeah. You know? It's good that people copy Israel. That means we're setting an example. Mm-mm. You know, it's sure. worthy of copying. Yeah. So th- th- we don't all have to. Uh, th- we have this false conceptualization of t- unity. Mm. Unity doesn't mean we all come together and have one leader, and then he commands everybody what to do. That that'll be chaotic, and it's not going to be. It, it'll stifle creativity and initiative. Uh, but what we need is the the right approach, a shared vision that we can all work towards, mm. uh, which would be, uh, like, I don't know what that is, but we can develop that uh, At least it's the betterment and re-education of the exactly. community. Yeah. And that we should respect each other. I love a saying of Said Nursi, which mm. I have practiced uh, for 20 years of my activism. Uh, he said, you have a right to say your way is haq, and it's the best way, but you don't have the right to say it's the only haq, mm. only true 
and only right way. Subhanallah. Yeah. And you know, if I don't, if I didn't believe this was the best approach, I wouldn't be in it. Yeah. I wouldn't be doing it. Of course, I think it's my approach is is the best. However, uh, uh, I also know that there are other good ways. Mm. There are other, uh, and this really makes you see everybody part of a whole rather than competition or mm. you know. And I've, uh, Alhamdulillah, I've never had uh, feelings of animosity towards any group. You know, it, this also makes you focus, do best what you want to do best. Mm. And, you know, the, again, Said Nursi called it positive action. You know, you, all everything we do must be constructive and positive. You know, it, it, the nature of religion is constructive uh, uh, process. Jazakallah khairan. Um, we'll definitely have to bring you in for uh, a show about Sayyid Nursi. Um, I've always been very fascinated by his um, position in history uh, as well as in Islamic scholarship. That would so be good, actually. I would love to do that. Yeah. Definitely. When I come back, inshallah, we'll have, even if we can have two or three hours, just a break it over three shows. Well, yeah. I, I would not mind at all, inshallah. So yeah, that's yeah, definitely let's, let's do that, inshallah. Uh, so just recapping, uh, inshallah, the Hira conference. Um, is uh, the theme this year it's the way of the prophet from an ideal human to an ideal society the speakers are professor muhammad sharqawi director faculty of darul ulum Cairo university dr samir budinar director social research and studies center in morocco and dr muhammad baba ammi director al manhaj institute in algeria uh, dr nesfat shavash uh, director here magazine istanbul turkey and dr mustafa oshkan uh, the Chancellor of Faith University of Fatah, sorry, University in Turkey, and other local scholars from Australia. The venue is Novotel Permara, 350 Church Street uh, in Permara, Saturday, 9th of February. So that's not tomorrow; it's the uh, week uh, after, inshallah, Saturday, starting 1:30 p.m. and that's 1:30 p.m. Australia time, not Muslim time, <laughs> to 6 p.m. Uh, $10 per person and light refreshments with tea, coffee will be served during break, inshallah. Opening address will be done by Dr. Ibrahim Abu uh, Muhammad. The, yeah, so the opening address will be done by the Mufti of Australia, Dr. Ibrahim Abu Muhammad. Uh, so we come to the end of our show. Jazakallah khairan. Thank you very much for coming, uh, Brother Mohammed. Thanks for having me. And um, so, Brother Mohammed Ozal, uh, President of ISRA. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.